Hey, friends. I meant you two, not the listeners. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a uh, weird pause. Are we, are we getting serious? Yeah, it is. Uh, and we're going to keep it. Uh, we are gathered here on this Thursday afternoon to record uh, an introduction to an episode that, uh, if you've heard before, we think you'll like hearing again. And if you haven't heard it before, uh, after listening back to it today, I, I think it's pretty much canon. So uh, just a couple of us here, a few of us here. Hello, Anne. Hello, Bobby. There we go. And hello, Meredith. Hello, Bobby. Uh, with Memorial Day weekend upon us and the start of summer and a lot of scheduling distractions for all of us and also just not a lot of attention or bandwidth for many of us this week, we've decided to take a dive back into the archives and in honor of Memorial Day, celebrate our own podcast veteran who uh, gave us his all for many, many years on this show, uh, and to listen back to an episode from a couple of years ago when he and I took a road trip adventure through the summer from Texas to Seattle, uh, and then came back to the show after to talk about it. And uh, this actually happened before I joined the planning meeting for this week. So uh, <laughs> Meredith and Ann, maybe you can shed some light on what drove you to this particular episode. Laziness. <laughs> well... Yes, and I would say we were still kind of talking about um, cars and driving and road trips, yeah. and mm -hmm. Gregory had some more like road trip and car-based show thoughts that we were kind of tossing around, and so I guess the idea of road trips was still in our noodles, and someone said, uh, what about that? road trip that Mike and Bobby did. After all, Mike is a veteran. A podcast veteran. <laughs> yeah. Yep. As as he always said, and um as will uh, be illustrated in this particular episode, he got a lot of people assuming that he was a military veteran because <laughs> he had had his legs amputated. So he was very uncomfortable with the idea of stolen valor. And I'm like, it's not stolen if people give it to you. Yeah, you know? gifted valor. <laughs> this happened, what, at the at, at Bell Tire or whatever? Uh, AutoZone or something when he's waiting to get his tires yeah. replaced. That happened a lot yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I remember he told a stories one, uh, once about torchies where somebody uh, wanted to help him in some way because the torchies people actually got his order ready and like brought it out to him and he was taking it to go. But then he was talking about this random guy who like leapt up to run and hold the door for him and said, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> and Mike just didn't know what to do. And he said, you're welcome. <laughs> what Mike didn't know is that that was an executive vice president of a corn syrup company. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. So it really was. Thank you for his service, but yeah. much earlier service. Mm -hmm. uh, so all those things just coming together, we thought, Let's bring that show out of the archive and yeah. Also, it's just a really bad fucking week. And um, yeah, uh, this show, this show made me smile. I went back and listened to it again. Yep. Um, me too. And um, it also made me very sad. Yep. Uh, and I, I don't want to get into it now because I'll be very very sad. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I I don't know that there's a better fitting tribute uh, to Mike than some of the. We worked through a lot of emotions on the show because we worked through a lot of emotions on that drive. And in hindsight, I am just incredibly um, 
glad that we ended up doing that drive because as you'll hear in a few minutes, Mike and I had talked for a long time about going on a road trip and had just never been able to do it for all the normal reasons of being busy and distracted. And um, we went on a road trip for some of the worst possible reasons in the middle of a pandemic Mm pre-vaccine. I was scared for you guys. I really was. I know. We were like, what? Why are they doing this? (laughs) And uh, I couldn't be more glad that we did it. So um, I almost cried listening to this episode, but I also laughed a ton. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, there are memories from that trip that I'll never forget, but hearing them on the show um, was a was a wonderful reminder of some of the details. So um, everything else that we do, the question of the week, and all of your small talk and all of your, your mailbag goodies and all that other stuff, we're going to push to next week, so it'll still be there for you nice and fresh. And, and what an apropos time to have another week to tell us what driving laws apply to everyone but you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> the, okay. the story of me not knowing an obscure lane-changing law in uh, rural Oregon. So, <laughs> Well, this really did make me want to discuss Mike's speeding, quote-unquote, system again. <laughs> That's right. I, yes. I did forget that this episode was the one where we learned about Mike's, quote-unquote, speeding system. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I was listening to this, and I was like, I miss scolding mike i really mm-hmm. do <laughs> you two had some great chemistry i missed you scolding mike yeah. i almost texted you earlier today as i was listening to say the, the chemistry between you and mike i nothing will ever replace that not on the show i just mean in, in my life mm-hmm. uh, thanks mm-hmm. yeah um and, and one note also unrelated to that um jeremy also had some feedback about car trips and car shows maybe we just need to put jeremy and gregory in a zoom room together and let them do that i don't I think mean so. for the show i just mean they just need to, to talk it. talk it out yeah we yeah. can record it i don't know if we should air it but it should definitely happen mm-hmm. and jeremy is the king of dubious road trips that's yes. true <laughs> uh all right so on that note um take this trip back with us to episode number 43 nirvana in a passat uh which aired originally on july 20 something 2020 20 something uh, a good it's date. tag 27th but i don't know if like we posted it a day you know like the night before or yeah. whatever 20 something time is fluid yeah it's time yeah flat circle <laughs> back in high school in choir one time and this was of course the early 90s so it was the um cascading wave mall bangs and a bee actually got trapped inside the cage of a girl's i could see that i remember those wall o bangs yeah i totally remember those that Um, was interesting all the screaming and jumping you two know the show hasn't started yet right (laughs) does it need to Historic Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York. I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. After several weeks away, I am back to fulfill my minimum obligation of podcasting as a 30 something upper middle class white male. And joining me to do that, uh, an older white male, also inclined to and entitled to talk 
endlessly in the mountain room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas. It's Mike, the gel dude for Zell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. It's good to be back. Me too. I've been gone longer than you, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, in the Stick Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's the, uh, I don't know, only co-host who is willing to step forward and (laughs) offer to put up with the two of us today Mm. as we come back at the mics. It's Anne, don't at me, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. I intend to be disruptive today. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear two two white guys prattle on here without at least some level of uh, interruption and correction. I'm your girl. Yeah. So thanks. Welcome. Thanks for balancing us out. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of small talk followed by some medium talk. T she recommends housekeeping and how to get involved. As always, this is not a cinema road trip spectacular, but Mike and I will be recapping our actual road trip spectacular. Uh, we'll also do some uh, sports talk now that sports is back uh, for at least a little while before it all comes crumbling down. Anne has written something called Zoom Webinar Ambush on the small talk list, and I have no idea what that means, so that's fun. And there's a Tishi friend in the news, all that and so much more. Mike, why don't you get us started? Oh, I'm so excited. Right now, I'm looking at um, a muted TV with uh, WNBA, Seattle and New York, uh, about to uh, tip off from the IMG Academy in in Florida. I I couldn't be more excited. Uh, (laughs) It's a measure of your desperation that you have lowered yourself to watch the WNBA. Sports are back. The crack of the bat, the smell of the no, the no smells. Uh, the roar of the, the roar fake of the, crowd. Mm, yeah. mm, cardboard cutouts. Um, anyway, uh, now I, I finally, my life has no meaning again. Uh, that sports are back, so I guess I'll see y'all in March. So I'm walking out of here right now. I'm gonna go get a bigger TV. So we'll see you guys. <laughs> what are you most excited to see? Um, golf. There was golf last weekend that I think was live. Well, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you what really got me back into the spirit, and and that is uh, the the baseball opener the other night. You know, the Washington Nationals. Um, I forget who they were hosting, but but uh, uh, Doctor Anthony is it Fauci or, or is that in dispute still his name at all? Has no. it ever been? Anthony I Fauci. Know, ever okay. I just heard, what, what what's the alternate? I've heard I I've heard people say it differently, even on NPR. <laughs> so, but anyway, but you can't trust them. Anyway, well, give us some alternates, Mike. Fauci, Fauci. <laughs> you know, put your. You know how on NPR they they try to yeah. they try to sound a little ethnic when there's you know like <laughs> Nicaragua. It's so embarrassing, you know. I like that this is like a like a commercial for Anthony Fauci's a spaghetti house. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when he people say Guy Fieri. I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a made up name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guy grew up in the suburbs or whatever. Just relax. Um, uh, growing up, there was a there's a car. I think it's still there. A car dealership in Rochester. Uh, it's a uh, it's. Uh, it's in Arondequite, which is a very you know Native American named town, and it's it's a Dodge dealership, and it's Avinia and Angelo's Arondequite Dodge. Wow! <laughs> I'm, I, I'm never going to buy Dodge. a Dodge. <laughs> I'm never going to buy a Dodge, but if I do, it's going to be from Vinnie and Angelo. I think yeah. their grandmother used to be in the commercials. Yeah, they'll give anyway. you a special deal, you know. Yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know if it's the tradition of the sitting president to throw out the first pitch. I think it is. Uh, but but they decided to give it to uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Hmm. Seems like a, an odd choice, you know, someone with integrity and someone who everyone likes. So, unfortunately, Dr. Fauci, uh, he did what you call like, um, well, I mean, the obvious Twitter joke was he flattened the curve. Uh, he threw it about 15 feet outside to a right-handed batter. It was uh, it was not pretty, and I really felt bad. It was like this was the worst moment of the pandemic for a sports fan because you finally got your guy, and he's in the spot, and you're, he's going to start the baseball season, and he's like, he spikes a fucking curveball. No, I'm comforted. He should not be good at throwing. Oh, that I can see. He shouldn't. I can see your point. He should not be have been spending his time working on his curve. He has been spending his time learning about medicine and diseases, and I appreciate that. Okay. I, I, I see your point, but but I offer this counter. He was an actual athlete in high school at least. I think he was the point guard on his team. He might have played in college. Um you you need to be able to I mean, imagine you're throwing a basketball and just throw the basketball at the plate. He was gripping it like it was a knuckleball. It was a very strange grip. And he so he was doomed from the grip and then it, when you're nervous you tend to um you tend to hold the ball too long. You never see people like sail it mm-hmm. you know you know, in throwing a hundred miles an hour into the into the netting. I mean, it's usually it's like, I'm so nervous. When do I let go of the ball? Oh, I forgot to let go of the ball. It just bounced up no, and hit me in the chin. It's like when I go bowling, my gutter balls are always on the left because yeah. I hold on to the ball too long. Yeah. Because you're nervous because uh, everyone's looking at you. you know? I'm Because well, uh, it's heavy. That too. I, I'm a little rusty here. It's been a few weeks since I've done this, but is Doom from the Grip an early show title contender? <laughs> <laughs> Doom from the Grip. He was. He was. Watch the tape. He's doomed from the grip. You could not coach him into throwing a strike with that grip. There's just I no just, way. I just put a link to a tweet in the show notes. Um, Tops, uh, not the shitty regional grocery store, but Two Peas, the uh, baseball card company, is uh, has produced a a baseball card of Fauci, and they've oh, taken. I like it. They've taken a shot of his mid pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really he's owning it. He still looks I mean, better he's... in that uniform than the average manager. Oh yeah, he looks great. He's way off the to the side of the mound. Yeah, but... well, that, they they tend to not let people pitch off the rubber for these things. Yeah, I mean, you could fall off if you're not used to pitching off a rubber. You can just fall off it when you're trying to throw throw a pitch. He's kind of a, a shorter fella. Yeah, too, he's a short American. He? Hi, yeah. Ellen. <laughs> Is this an exception that proves the rule? Is he a short American you like, Mike? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I, I yeah. really do like him. Um, well, I'm not saying that are, there aren't good short Americans. I'm just saying they have a lot more to prove to me than an average <laughs> size or, or a tall American. <laughs> and and uh, mo- some of them do it. Fauci has done it. Fauci has done it. And, uh, Fauci. Yeah, I think that's the pronunciation <laughs> I heard on NPR. Someone was putting a little extra stank on it, and I'm like... Please stop. Please stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. Because it's like, how am I going to differentiate myself with this 7.15 a.m., you know, news break? Fauci. 
Fuck off. You're embarrassing yourself would be a good recurring (laughs) segment on this show (laughs) where we just call out people who are embarrassing themselves. Yeah. Why haven't we done that sooner? So that leads us to our question of the week because uh, we're not, we don't, we don't really have, have one built into the show. So we thought, uh, would you want to throw out a first pitch if you had the opportunity? And that's it. There are no variations to this question. Right. <laughs> Would you want to throw a first pitch on Mars, but you can't come back? <laughs> right. Would you want to shoot the half court shot? You know, or would you try to hit the hit the puck in the middle of the cardboard cutout to win a chainsaw? No, no. First pitch. The um, I forget. I think it's the. I think it's here in Buffalo. The Bison's back when minor league baseball existed. Of course, we're going to be hosting the Blue Jays this Looks year. Like so it. no one else wants. Yeah. Them. Exactly. <laughs> we're their fifth choice and uh, <laughs> right. and they're not going to let anyone come see them while they're here. So I know it's great. It's going to be a good boon for two hotels and a couple of restaurants. And, sure. Um, the days the, in is going to have the, a yeah. fantastic summer. Hey, take summer. what you can get. Uh, believe me right now. I am. I'm absolutely happy. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stand at the highway overpass past the outfield and hold up a sign for Vlad. <laughs> Vlad Jr. So that's yeah. fine. Oh man, he's awesome. Uh, they do hurl the pearl, where you get these stuffed baseballs and you try to throw them in the sunroof of a car that drives around the warning track, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you win a prize. Yeah. <laughs> so a little less pressure than than off the mound or just <laughs> off the side of the mound, like Fauci. But oh man, if I if I, I if I could have gotten to him, I'd just say just don't don't squeeze it, hold it like an egg. <laughs> He was amped up, of course. Yes, but but if you just remember to hold it like an egg, you'll relax. Is it possible that it was covered in hand sanitizer and just slipped? <laughs> Good one. I like that one. That's better than flattening I, I the would curve. Think, I would think that your number one concern would be that you bounce it. Like you you yeah. don't get it all the way to the plate. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, okay, I'm, I'm really going to, as you said, put some extra stank on it. And then that would probably lead to the overthrowing. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing when you're when you're nervous pitching, or you're tired, or whatever. Uh, when any conditions are less than ideal, you tend to overgrip, and and he overgripped the fuck out of that one. Yeah. Oh, he choked up on it. <laughs> he really did. If you could choke up on a baseball, <laughs> he was completely choked up on. So, Mike, would you throw out the first pitch? Oh, hell yeah. Hell I mean, yeah. I knew the answer to that. Oh, yeah. Bobby, you you just uh, you pop your feet off and really plant those sticks in good, so you could. Can... <laughs> it would be quite a spectacle, but yeah, I'd love to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I I kind of thought, you know, back in my Pawtucket days, uh, when I was on the fireman, the fireworks committee for the July third baseball game at the Paw Sox. Uh, which R.I.P. Paw Sox, that's not really going to be a thing anymore. They're moving to Worcester. Um, I Eventually, it would have been my turn because they always got a bunch of these first pitches. Of course, it's minor league mm-hmm. baseball games, so there are like 10 quote-unquote first pitches. And, oh, really? Know, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, because it's like every sponsor's cousin's kid and okay you know so it's kind of lost its shine fan of the game yeah exactly i mean but hey you still get to go stand out on a relatively well-maintained baseball Fuck field yeah and, i'd still do it yeah. and hundreds of people into their second beer are gonna watch you you know biff it so 
I'd yeah, get out some sandpaper or a nail file and and take a little <laughs> bit out of the side of it and then and then just you know bring it in cutter style. That'd be really funny. Is this pine tar? <laughs> <laughs> just doctoring it out there. Just give me a second. Just give me a second. I'm working on it. What is that under the brim of his cap? I want to get thrown. It be the first guy throwing the first pitch that gets thrown out of the game. You're gone. Get suspended. What? Sixty games. I, I I pull. I open my back pocket and a nail file comes flying out. I don't. I, that's not mine. I don't know who put that there. I want to. I want to uh, bat. I want to be the first batter. Like if there's a first pitch, oh, they should right. just let somebody up there to take a swing at it. Oh, Ooh, that could be even more embarrassing, though. Yeah, I, I would prefer that that person over grip rather than under right. grip. There's a lot of photographers and people standing close. You get so. to pick the slugger of your choice, and they just get to take BP off your first pitch. Like you throw oh. the first pitch, and then and then uh, you know Xander Bogarts just knocks it 450 feet into the oh, upper deck. Man. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I'd be torn on what I'd want to do. Like if I if I could talk to the guy beforehand, I'd ask him where he likes it. If I want to, you know, he wants it grooved in here, grooved in there. He or, says he wants it in the dirt, four feet in front of the plate. Or if it's a guy who blows me off, you know, he says like, ah, fuck off, you know, I'm like, all right. And then, then I'd bring some, you know, a definite like Ephus pitch or, or some kind of knuckleball that I'd been working on at the park and right. make him look stupid, you know, on one pitch. Like he takes a big swing and everyone laughs at him and then I go off in glory. Boy, Fauci should have thrown a, an Ephus because that would actually, like they could use that on the charts for COVID. <laughs> right. Then. Anyway. Yeah, yep, yep. All we, right, so we, yes. It got to the catcher, you know, just at the right time. And we... <laughs> uh, sports are back. Uh, the It's Saturday morning as we're talking. The Red Sox beat the crap out of the Orioles last night, which I imagine will be a recurring theme this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I did not watch. I was too busy having a, a social life or a little bit of a social life. But as much well, as you wait can a minute. in these, in these wait a minute. days. You're not going to ask me? If I would throw out the first pitch, God, it's so uh, irritating having men back on the show. Yep. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I just, uh, your opinion doesn't matter, Anne, is my point. Okay. No, I honestly just was rambling and forgot. That's, you know, it was much more innocent than that. Anne, would you throw out the first pitch in a baseball game? No, I want to sing the national anthem, Bobby. No, no, that's See, not the question, that's though. Now you're being Hillary. <laughs> oh, there goes the that. You're not, you're not being asked to... to... <laughs> I said no. Then I said what I want to do instead. No. Great. Okay. Well, I thought you just meant instead, you know, you'd, you'd be right. like, well, I don't want to do that, but I want to do this. Well, well, you don't get to do the other thing. You either can throw out the first pitch or you can't, and you just don't want no. to do it. No. You know I can't throw a baseball. The only experience that I have is when you do a P90X, there's one video that has some quote unquote sports drills. So there's like a pass and shoot basketball and a football tires and then a baseball, like a pitch. Uh-huh. And I can at least approximate the others, but I just do not understand how the mechanics work on pitching. So like I feel stupid by myself in my living room doing it. So Well, if we get Meredith in here to run some of her Tommy John numbers for us and we'll tell you the mechanics don't work for throwing a pitch and that's part no. of the problem. <laughs> they really don't. It's a terrible it's thing to do. It's just hopelessly yeah. awkward and I'm not sure how to plant my foot and exactly You're how already the in weight your head shifting and you works. Been asked. I, yeah. I get it. I get but it. You, I mean 
You've got your national anthem stance on lock, though. Yep. Oh, would you use a That'd mic stand or would you hold the microphone like a diva? Mm. Or would you go? Oh, no. Would you go Britney headset? Uh, no, I would use a mic stand. Okay. I'm pretty confident that I could get a pretty large portion of the stadium to hear me without the microphone. Are you afraid that the feedback, you know, hearing yourself is going to detract from your performance? Nope. Okay, you got it. You're, yep. Do you need earplugs? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I think the difference between Anne and us, Mike, is that, uh, Mike, you and I exude a certain level of unearned confidence, but Anne's is actually, I think, genuine. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, yeah. I, I think we both think we can get the ball to the catcher, get to the ball the ball to the plate. And, and me, I, I just to prove a point, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can and sail it over the, the left, the uh, sorry, the right-handed batter's box. You know, I'll be the first guy to ever let go of it too early and throwing it too hard. Uh, uh, man, but Fauci, back to Fauci. Sorry. Um, he played basketball. Just do that thing they do with like the Dr. Pepper halftime, throw the football through the hoop 10 feet away thing. Those people don't even pretend to throw it like a football. Throw a fucking chest pass to the catcher. It's, it's the I'm first, so confused. It's the first opening day pitcher, uh, <laughs> first pitch pitcher to use a, a two-handed approach. Two-handed chest pass. <laughs> I, I just, your thought process is escaping me, Mike. We go from Dr. Fauci played basketball, throw it like a football through the hoop. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, What's and, happening? And, and, no, no. The problem is that you haven't seen these Dr. Pepper halftime, like the the, the big college bowl games there's a scholarship thing um where kids they have to throw a football through something that's not too far away at a basketball away. game it's no a... no bowl games no no they, this is the okay football game okay all right bowl games kids are they've competed they've they've rose up through the ranks and how many of these footballs can you get through that hoop in okay so so dr fauci played basketball Let's switch to talking about a completely different sport. Okay. Right. I'm with you. Right. But what these kids do, they don't pretend to even throw it like a football. Nobody does because it takes longer to wind up. And the thing, mm-hmm. the target's not far away. So they just chest pass it, chest pass it, chest pass it. And it looks really stupid because they're at a football game trying to do a football competition, but they're they're doing basketball chest pass. I want the money. Right. I, I would care. do No, I would totally do it if I were them. I would totally do it because, yeah. You could be really accurate with with your football tosses, but it takes twice as long to throw them. You can pick up a football and throw a chest pass, you know, much faster than you can pick it up and throw like a spiral. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Fauci, basketball player, point guard, so obviously great great passing skills. Throw it like a football. Just chest, no chest pass that that baseball. <laughs> no, it's just you know it's the way you throw a football when you want to throw a football like a basketball. Embrace that with a baseball. Yes. Mm-hmm. I Bobby, just put a picture in Bobby the in the Slack of somebody two-handing one of these Dr. Pepper footballs. It's so shitty. It's the dumbest because because <laughs> they they like tease it. They're well, we're about to do the big contest, and these kids are going to win a hundred thousand dollars scholarship. Or like, oh, I'm tuning in for that. I'll stay for that. And then I watch, and I'm like, why are these kids chest passing football? This is the dumbest thing I ever saw. They need to move it back so the kids actually have to throw it. I think that they should switch at the professional bowling league to between the legs shots. Yes. If you get a strike my, that way. Oh, my, my late brother, he could he could bowl two hundred between his legs. 
that motherfucker was so so athletic at, at unathletic sports. <laughs> so athletic at unathletic sports might actually also be. <laughs> no one's ever been more athletic. Uh, was there any concern that we weren't going to have enough to talk about today? Oh, uh, yeah, we need to. No. no. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Ouchie. Just got, got me excited. And uh, uh, please tell us about your webinar, Ampush. Yes. Oh, this is what I'm reduced to, is talking about the Zoom webinars I go on for work. <laughs> Nobody's talking about that these days. Uh, okay, so I'm working from home, as many of us are, and I had a webinar on Thursday morning that was about, I don't know, new ways to report on greenhouse gases. And, you know, I do a lot of that. I work on sustainability initiatives, and someone was like, oh, hey, and you should go to this. I'm like, okay, I'll go to this webinar and see these new fancy ways of reporting, which turns out to be just all the old ways of reporting that I already figured out for myself. But anyway, I get on at nine o'clock, I'm ready to, for this webinar, have a Diet Coke, sit and drink and watch it. And the screen says, you are being put into breakout room five. And I'm like, what? And I go to breakout room five mm -hmm. and there's like eight other people in there. And they're like, hey, the moderator is like, this is a good time before the webinar starts to socialize and introduce ourselves and say who you are and where you're where you work and listen i'm in my pajamas i haven't brushed my hair it's just in a messy thing I'm like this camera is not going on and they're like oh and introduce yourself where you're from and i said i was not told i was going to have to interact with people mm -hmm. on this call <laughs> and i just think that this is unfair Webinars are meant to be something that you can just watch yeah. from a distance and not have any contact. And the fact that I am being tricked into socializing with people, I'm not good at socializing anyway, but that you make me do it when I'm not wearing a bra is untenable. I'm protesting webinars. Well, that is just mislabeled web webinars. I mean, you, webinars, not that anyone loves them, but they're fine when they are just webinars. Right. I like to look at a few slides. Yeah, I don't want right. to have to talk about, right. talk to somebody from the, I don't know, the Minnesota Energy Coalition. Hey, what are you doing this objectives. weekend, Ann? Well, <laughs> fuck off. Nothing. I don't know you. <laughs> I did not want to network. Right. You want to head on down to the hotel Zoom bar and have a virtual drink later? No. <laughs> I want to pretend that none of you exist. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to someone about this last night. This is this is back in the before times when conferences happened in person. Um, Sam and I had a friend over last night, a, a former student of hers, who's uh, going to be working in Providence in the fall. And so we were giving her all, all of our Providence uh, tips. And we, we sat on the deck at a safe social distance in the breeze. And, and anyway, uh, we got to talk about these kind of work conference things. And she's from New York. And I told her how every year I go to this terrible conference at the West in Times Square. I've done the show from there several times through the years. Yes, and, I remember. And uh, the biggest problem I had last year when I went, I didn't go this year because we had a concert that weekend blissfully. I had a legitimate excuse not to go. Uh, but last year I got there and they upgraded me because I'm a fancy, you know, uh, uh, Bonvoy, whatever. And uh, they, they put me in this junior suite situation, which is just like an extra 20 square feet. 
Damn, Bobby. I know, very fancy. But the problem was the exhibition hall was on like the eighth floor and it had an open ceiling a couple of stories high. And the room they gave me was on the floor directly above the exhibition hall. And it had a, you know, the, the center of the thing was open. And so you could see all the hotel room doors for that level from the exhibition hall. And I got to the room and realized that if I was going to sneak back to my room and skip all of the shitty sessions and just come downstairs to Gladham between sessions, grab a cup of coffee, and then go back to my room for 50 minutes at a time, which is what I usually do with these things, people were going to see me coming and going. And after I stood there and thought about it for a minute, I went back down to the front desk and asked them to kindly move me to another floor. Put me by the ice machine. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Next to the elevator wait, and wait. the emergency <laughs> stairs. Uh, the hel- is there a helipad? Can yeah, I'll, I'll take the sound of that. Whatever, whatever, um, sh- whatever. Shitty, the shittiest room you give someone. Yeah. I want that. They did have know. to downgrade my room to move me to another floor, and I said I do not care. I do not. I think you could you could have made that work. There presumably there's some sort of railing so you don't fall over. Uh, right? Yes, yeah. So, it's, so you know probably about three four feet high or something. I just crouch. Yeah, it, you get ready in the elevator and just get down on your hands and knees and just army crawl to your room. Yeah, I'm sure the floors are fine. Why is there an arm waving at the waving at the the RF lock on that yeah. hotel room door? Yeah. Wow, there's a really short guy up there. Just to get a jacket that flips inside out or something. Ah, Bobby was down here in his red jacket. And there's a man up there in a blue jacket. <laughs> There's a guy yeah. who does a perp walk at the start of every session. I don't know what's going on up there. He's got a trench coat draped over his shoulders. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I feel your pain, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. Well, we uh, we have a famous friend now. Um, thank God he's he's famous for good reasons, or getting famous for good reasons. We know him because... He does a lot of bad things to us personally, but we respect him professionally. Um, Bobby, you've been keeping track of the story, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is our fault for being friends with Will, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, we, we have a pilot friend, which is a cool thing to get to say. And so we put right. up with a lot to get to brag about yeah, having a pilot friend. Well. Do we need like a, like a sounder for this segment? Like, Tishi, friends in the news. Well, I think oh. I think you just made the sounder. I know. Is okay. it in the clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Okay. I got it. So that's I'll just make a note of that there. So that'll last. <laughs> Great. Uh, if you want to take a second crack at it, we can do it in the post. That's yeah, fine. But, yeah. Anne likes I, I think, to think these things through, so I think yeah, she'll I, want I, another crack. I thought it was good. I, yeah, it was fine. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, Alaska Airlines Captain Will McQuillan. We don't usually use his full situation here, but I think it's okay under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. The short version is that in this time when uh, the airline industry is getting just destroyed, because unless you're me and you're flying to drive your buddy to Seattle, you're probably not flying right now. Uh, and a lot of the airlines are uh, uh, feeling the pain of this. And a lot of the brunt of that is being put into layoffs, furloughs, because... Uh, when you only need six planes a day, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's not a lot of work for pilots and, uh, uh, Alaska airlines being our friendly neighborhood airline in the Pacific Northwest for those friends who are there, uh, uh, had the pilot leadership of, of one captain McQuillan, who's the chairman of the pilots union at Alaska. And they announced this week 
the thanks to the hard work of the union. Of course, the management doesn't put it that way, but I think we can say thanks to the hard work of the union, there will be no pilot layoffs at Alaska, despite the world coming to an end. And uh, having listened to Will complained at all hours about this for months, uh, we know that he had a big hand in that. And uh, just a, a little congratulations to him for saving hundreds of people's jobs, probably more. I mean, that's pretty baller, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how such a terrible person could do such a nice thing for well, so many people. But He's trying to square his ledger. I mean, that's fine. Right. I, I get it. This is a deathbed confession. Like this is like a like a last minute salvation thing. Yeah, it's, we, he's just basically admitting what a horrible person he's been his whole right. life by by this good deed. So working so hard to catch up, you know. So uh, I'm I'm glad he did it, but you know his motivation is mm-hmm. always been questionable. Well, you know, then there there was that time that I got stranded in Seattle because of the 18 inches of snow in Minnesota, and he made you go back to the airport and get me, Bobby, and take ass. me to his house where I stayed overnight. <laughs> it just, ugh. What yeah. A, what a jerk. Right. He made me do that, so you wonder why I think he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work for Bobby. Uh, so, yeah, there's a great story in the Seattle Times about uh, how they managed to pull this off, despite uh, the fact that uh, demand is in the tank right now and in the toilet right now. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read about uh, uh, a Tishi friend who's doing good. Well, there's got to be one of us. Yeah, exactly. Somebody had to pick up the slack. Uh, and with that, uh, Anne, how about the mailbag? Mm, mailbag let's look at a couple of throw your phones we got one from listener carolyn regarding this space show from last week she says i really enjoyed listening to this episode i'm a little hung up on space topics as well i don't think you mentioned the farthest it's one of the most interesting documentaries ever it's about the voyager spacecrafts it is amazing and she signs it carolyn steady listener i like that She's a steady listener. Uh, I tried to find the farthest. Well, I just looked on Hulu and Netflix, and it wasn't on either one of those. So I'm going to scope that out, Caroline, because I do like pictures of space. So then from our friend Bob Stein, he says, thanks for doing the space show. Hillary, Anna, Jeremy, my wife Sue is a huge space fan. For a certain birthday, I bought her an 8-inch Dobsonian reflector telescope, which she just used to look at Comet Neowise the other night. She, like Jeremy, wanted to be an astronaut when she was a kid, and like Jeremy, she really tears up when she watches launches or views documentaries about the space program. She went to school with Marsha Ivins, one of the shuttle female astronauts. We went to the National Air and Space Museum last year for the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, and we had a blast, and of course, she got very emotional. So I think Jeremy can be comforted that he's not the only person who gets emotional over the grandeur of space and the human achievement that uh, we have seen regarding that. So yeah, thank you very much, Bob. I did greatly, note. greatly enjoy listening to Jeremy uh, in his element of giant uh, space teddy bear. Yeah, and here's the other thing, is I have a sneaking suspicion that Jeremy's a really good dad. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta stop talking about people we know being good. (laughs) I mean, I think... We don't do it very often. I think you're right, but it sort of ruins the tenor of our show. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 When we reveal ourselves to be mushy, soft-hearted saps. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, speaking of space, can't help but notice how, how quiet Mike is during this part of the conversation. <laughs> He's all right. Uh, let's talk about our question of the week responses. Of course, last week, the question of the week was, would you go on the one way Mars mission into space? I found these uh, answers to be very enjoyable. Although, as we have pointed out, people did kind of try to wriggle around (laughs) the question itself. (laughs) I would want to sing the national anthem in space. Well, that's not the question. That's not the question. (laughs) Well, Mike, you seem to think that you were going to go to the moon and play golf, which also was not that the was question. That was Mars, wasn't it? It was red. I, I, Mike, nobody has been to Mars yet, so we can't play golf on Mars. That's the first, that, that picture, not with that attitude. Supposed, I mean, I can make a If that's supposed to be Mars, and... that is fake news. Okay. Besides, Mars gravity is different from the moon gravity, so I don't even know... Like, uh, I don't, I don't care what golf. Mars has in store. I think my brother would shoot a 78 at the very at the very worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had some um, pros and some cons on the one way Mars mission. Bet said, no, 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 no. Went on the ride at Disney, had a total panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first test they give you. They put you on the Disney ride. And like, Half the guys are throwing up and falling out. You know, All right, get out of here. It's like the first day of like training camp for football. You're just running. Nope, you're out. Nope, sorry. Um, clear out your locker, friend. <sighs> One day was it for you. Uh, Kalina says, can I bring my cats? You have kids, I don't Kalina. Know. I mean, you want to bring your cat? I mean, is it that dire? Is COVID that bad? That the girls are sorry. Me and I the mean, cats are going fine, to Mars. Who will take care of the cats? Right. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad you're giving her credit for that thinking. That's good. Edward says, if we're talking about the one-way Mars launch, then no. If they figured out a way to get the crew off of Mars after landing, then yes, a thousand times yes. Going to another world has been a dream of mine since I was a four since I was four years old. Sorry, Edward. This is one way only. Yep. Yep. Once once we figure out like interstellar wormhole travel, then we'll get you involved. But until then, you're gonna have to wait. Brandon says, in a heartbeat. Yes, Brandon. Thank you. Alicia wants to know, is Matt Damon coming with me? Um, I don't know. He'd be all right. Yes, but, but you have to eat his poop. <laughs> I I was going to say yes, but it's we bought a zoo, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yes, but it's the informant. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It does get more nuanced when you start adding this. And by the way, we watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari the other night because we were just scrambling to entertain ourselves in uh-huh. the state of you know, right. being how many months into, I, you know, whatever. Uh, better than I thought it was going to be. That's yeah. just my quick endorsement for Ford. You know, like I, I sort of went in with low expectations and uh, it, was, it was pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Were there Fords and were there Ferraris? Uh, yes, both of those cars were in the movie. Enzo Ferrari mm. was in, Enzo Ferrari was in the movie. Yes, that's a uh, Fauci's cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fauci. You know the guy that founded Lamborghini did so because he was disappointed by the performance of his Ferrari. So he was that's like, funny. "Screw it, I'm gonna make my own car." 
I think he supplanted. I think he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, Christian Bale just um Yeah. Just a kid. He's doing it. He's, yeah. Wow. He's it's just the, the way he changes his look and affectation. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Ford versus I think Ferrari. He's probably hard hard to live with though. Yeah. I probably would you go to Mars with Christian Bale? Mm. <laughs> Which Bale Christian Batman? Bale? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Christian Bale newsies, maybe. Oh boy, yeah, that's uh, how... Christian Bale American Psycho. No. Oh yeah, that'd be a short trip. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. If he brings his chainsaw, that is a definite <laughs> nope. Uh, Leslie says, "I don't think I would, but I would go to the ISS by the moon." I think, and then she says, "Edit one way, no, 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 no." But you know, Leslie is a horse. Loving person. I almost said a horse person again, but I kind of trouble yeah, the last I time mean, I got yeah. all this. I thought you were just going to leave it at yes. horse when you <laughs> when you stopped. And I'm like, that's really just, awful to say about somebody. I I don't think Leslie would go somewhere where there are no horses. Right. So yeah. that lets her out. Fred says, "I'd do anything to get off this COVID infested planet." Yeah, I hear you, Fred. Fred is more realistic than the rest of us. He knows when it's time to just. I'm going to make a tea time for me and Fred. We'll be out there. <laughs> Uh, April says, I would probably annoy too many people. Yeah, but you're mostly going by yourself, April. It's yeah, fine. how many people right. could you possibly annoy? You're, you're probably not going to annoy when Mission more Control than, doesn't like, pick eight. up. <laughs> Jesus. April Carolyn again? just says, heck yes. And Saul yep. says, yes, I'd be ter- terribly underqualified and I'd probably die in the harsh Martian night. But on the bright side, the next wave of settlers would probably tell ghost <laughs> stories about me. I like how the night is going to kill you. Not right. just the Martian <laughs> atmosphere, the Martian terrain. Day, it's, it's very temperate. We were fine, till, but like around 10, it got really chilly. So as, if we're counting, it's me and Jeremy and Brandon and Fred and Carolyn and Saul. That's the crew so far. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Uh I I think I think I can't go. I mm-hmm. I require the validation of others too much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and there'd be a limited supply of that in, yeah. on Mars. I would get tired of validating you, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You'd be tired of validating me on this show. Right. <laughs> Just two hours a week. <laughs> Uh, and, and again, and similarly, uh, to, to Kalina, I mean, I don't have kids, but, uh, you know, I, I would want cupcake to come mm-hmm. and probably mm-hmm. Sam. And so that would be complicated. I feel like cupcake would be good in space. You know, she's not an active cat to right. she can begin s- with. Conserves so her resources. Look out the window. <laughs> <laughs> she would stare at the cat, in the next spaceship. Just wonder why there's no squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even, the squirrels are getting out of hand here. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> uh, we should go on a medium talk. Uh, Mike, you put your name on it, but I think this is going to be did. a bit of a tandem. I did. I did. Uh, we, we took a road trip. That's why I've been gone for even longer than Bobby, maybe. I don't know. But although... I felt like it was really a good time to take a road trip across the Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, uh, here's the, here's the background, um, my my brother died at the near the beginning of the outbreak. So um, I've talked about on the show before. I didn't get a chance to see him before he died. His family, um, his wife and daughter 
daughters only got a chance to see him once before he died. And uh, so we're, we're finally going to have a uh, memorial service um, in uh, in Seattle at, at his house uh, on the 4th of July. He loved the 4th of July. We would go out to the Muckleshoot Reservation and buy four or $500 worth of explosives. Not really fireworks, mm-hmm. just, you know, just <laughs> mostly menacing explosives. But that was his passion that's one thing he really loved was to do the fourth of july party at his house so we're gonna have one last party at his house and then um and then uh my nieces uh figured out a way to uh strap some of his ashes to some seahawk uh themed fireworks uh seahawk color fireworks so that was the finale of the night or whatever so i'm getting a little ahead of myself but this was what was planned I didn't want to fly uh, because not only is flying for me uh, a huge hassle to begin with, but um, I didn't want to get sick from being that close to people, right? So uh, I decided that I was going to drive because I like driving on road trips or whatever. And um, I've inherited my car from uh, my wife. It's a the, an illegal uh, Volkswagen TDI Passat, which um, they had to give us, I think, like $9,000 for having cheated the uh, emissions system. And the upside um, to it being an illegal car other than that rebate was it gets over 40 miles a gallon. (laughs) And and diesel is about 10 to 20 cents more than than, uh, regular fuel right now. So... It's a breeze, and it's a it's a comfortable car, and we finally figured out what was rattling somewhere between here and uh, and Salt Lake City. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Emily was amazed by that. By the way, she's like, "You fixed it." Yeah, she pulled out the janky thing that we'd used to fix it, and uh, and I said, the- "I said no, put that back." She goes, "Why? It looks terrible." And I said, "No, it fixed the rattle." And she goes, "You guys fixed the rattle?" I said, "We had a long time to figure out what what the rattle was, and we got it. We got it." Anyway, <clears throat> that that janky piece of thing, by the way, was a was a cardboard cheese its box top, I think, folded up a couple of times yeah. over. Still in there. <laughs> she put it back when she realized, you know, that it was the rattle rattle cure. She's like, OK, well, we'll we'll work on the aesthetics later. But that's that was important. I mean, that's why cheese its are a miracle food, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I still have the cheese its and I still have the cure. Um. Anyway, so this was why I was going to uh, drive to Seattle. And then Bobby was kind enough to volunteer to uh, fly down here and, and drive up with me. And that that's great for me because I have a lot of like, I've, I have a ton of road trip stamina. Like I can drive for 16, 20 hours a day if I have to, but my, my legs don't do that. Um, they, they can't. I get, I get skin hot spots under there and I get a lot of aches and I got to take these legs off. I can only drive for like three, four hours at a time. And then I got to stop and take breaks. But Bobby volunteered to come down and and drive me up. So I guess, Bobby, here we go. Yeah. I mean, I think to, for a little context, Mike and I have been talking about taking a road trip for months. I think that conversation had started pre COVID pre Uh, and and so we we had dreamed of just getting in the car and you know there we had talked you know this was part of the cinema road trip thing too like driving across the country and scooping up all the hosts and seeing america 
Um, and that clearly wasn't practical or feasible in this particular sense, but, uh, you know, I, I'm working, but I'm working from home and my time is incredibly flexible right now. And Mike said he was going to get himself up to Seattle, but I knew that he had a limited time frame to, to make this trip. And I knew that he could only drive so many hours a day on his own. And I just thought, why not? Why not now? Um, the worst case scenario is that uh, we become the typhoid Mary of the Southwest and spread COVID <laughs> to That's all. truck stops and hotels along our path. Uh, but uh, we did it. So, you know, if you lick enough bathroom door <laughs> handles, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. Oh, That's... I, and I think at this point, I'll just inject one quick story about when I was driving home because I did drive home completely on my own. So I had to take a lot of breaks and stops and whatever. And the first rest stop that I went into was in the state of Washington. It was in Southwest Washington, which I don't really consider Washington. It's Portland. So whatever horrible things happen there, I blame on Portland. Um, I stopped. I kind of had to pee, but mostly I just wanted to, you know, pop my legs off for a minute and sit sit at the rest stop. So, so before I popped my legs off, I went in. First of all, there there were... There were some homeless people here, which is which is okay, but I had not seen homeless people in any rest stops that that I'd been in in a long time. <clears throat> so uh, they they weren't they weren't bothering anybody. But I w- I went into this bathroom, and it smelled like urine, which no. is which is okay. A rest stop bathroom. I don't expect you know miracles. It. It looked like it had been recently cleaned, and the reason I say that is because the floor was completely wet. There, there was no mop sign out like "Oh, watch out." Uh, turns out it was urine, and it was about half an inch of urine. Can we end this story right now? I'm fine. I've heard enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Premium content. It's the first I've heard this story. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just I'll just get to the good part. There's a good part? Well, I'm in. I mean, I'm I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm standing in it. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I, I I leave. Well, I could just drop trial and pee on the floor right there like everyone else apparently did. Uh or I could just take three or four steps over to the urinal and and just go ahead. So I did. I didn't have my cane with me. I I I lost my cane somewhere in Seattle and I came the whole way home without it. So I don't have my cane. So in that case, sometimes when I'm at a urinal, I will rest my forehead, you know, like mm. drunken style against the wall, you know. As I don't a, like this story. As a third point of balance. No, no, don't worry about my forehead. That's not the problem here. That's not the problem. No, not this time. <laughs> the problem is uh, I start peeing and then I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the wall and you know how the, there's the there's the grout the t- the grout breaks in the tile, and I'm starting to like go down like one grout break, two grout break, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting shorter. Well, the, the thing is, I can't feel my feet because I don't have them. My legs are sliding because of the coating of urine on the floor. My legs are just sliding apart, just sliding and sliding. So I almost fell down in this uh, in this morass. Um, so, uh, I, but all other rest stops, all other stops along the way, you know, people, 
people were on top of their shit for the most part. I would say that, wouldn't you, Bobby? I mean, places yeah. were clean. They were paying attention. We had mostly good experiences on the way yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. We had that one with the Phantom Arby's that, but that was, right. yeah. That's not even on the list that I wrote to discuss here, but we'll work it in. Yeah. All right. Even, can, even can worse we now than Phantom put... Pains is a Phantom Arby's. Can, right. can we put a moratorium on, on bodily excretion talk Yeah, now? I think that's it. I mean, well, I have another one that's really disgusting, but I won't tell you that. Hold on. I got I to gotta work through the list here and just clean it up real quick. Yeah, let's do some quick uh, editing. Now, now that I'm editing all the bodily secretion talk out, mm-hmm. uh, I flew down. We drove to Seattle. It's the end yeah. of the story. All right. It's good. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I, that was a punchy little story. <laughs> good times. Yeah. It was a, it's, it's not so much a story as a thing that happened to us. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, figuring out this whole adventure from my end, um, I actually drove five hours to Detroit, home of Meredith Van Harn, uh, to fly. I did not see her, though, because schedules were conflicting, uh, to uh, fly down to Austin because I could do it in direct flights. And I was a little nervous about flying, but um, I, I managed to get my hands on a couple of the uh, not N95 masks, but they're calling them KN95 masks. They are the... Uh, Whatever country of origin they are from, it's their version of N95. And of course, I'm sure it's not actually. I, I have my hesitation based on the way it fits that it's, it's actually it's 93, yeah, 94 at most. You know, it's a solid B+. Um, but I, I wore one of those under a cloth mask with a filter in it. And so I was double masked. Comfy. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> just so cozy. And um, I, I had a quilt wrapped around my face. <laughs> I was in I was in first class because it was Delta and um I had the seat next to me was empty so that was nice uh and in lieu of meal service they just brought uh, a selection of sort of those snack kit boxes that they have on some planes uh and just at you know I'm looking up I can I I'm I'm sort of dazed I've got these masks on I'm I'm trying not to touch any I I wiped down my whole seat and the screen in front of me and all that with uh, the tray table with bleach wipes before we got settled which i've been doing for years i think in that respect i am a i am a uh, you know i was ahead of the curve on being paranoid about people being disgusting on airplanes because even before covid people were disgusting on airplanes like the time i found half a banana wedged between my seat and the wall well that's a hate crime it was the first flight of the morning which means it was clearly there from yesterday Yeah, anyway, so no bananas on this trip. Uh, I double masked, and I have a great picture somewhere, because I think it was on the flight back, because it was a red eye. I was double masked and had my eye mask on and had my headphones on, and I just look like I'm cocooned, like I'm completely, I have complete sensory deprivation from the world. You'd be that guy that if the hijackers took over the plane, you would like sleep through it. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't know. Anything happened. Yep. Yeah, they'd wake me up after and say a bunch of your, a bunch of the, 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 you know, Joe Sixpacks from Coach tackled this guy, mm-hmm. and I'd say, "Awesome, thank you. Please put a drink on their tab for me, and I will go back to sleep." Uh, no booze, by the way. <laughs> I think there might have been actually in first class, but I wasn't going to take my mask off to uh, to partake. So I snuck a water, a couple sips of water bottle under there at one point. But other than that, I, I kept my head down. Got to Austin. Uh, was uh, uh, we enjoyed a day in Austin? Uh, that asshole Will, uh, aforementioned, flew down and hung out with us for the day, and we went to a, a local establishment that we we like a lot, Kirby Lane, and we had lunch. Um, 
rode around Austin a bit, uh, and just uh, all around enjoyed ourselves before Will and I retired to the uh, Hampton Inn somewhere uh, for the evening. The first of many mm, Hamptons. Sexy. Inn. Oh yeah, I had two rooms. You know, he slipped back to his after. It was great. Uh, and then we hit the road. Um, I guess. Oh, uh, you you forgot we went out to the uh, Salt Lake. Ah yes, 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 Salt Lake, Salt Lake. We we went to Salt Lake, and Emily came. And I can always tell that Emily is happy when, uh, you know, she she brought one uh, beer in her bag and drank it, which is, you know, it's BYO there. So it's not like she was being weird. I know uh, that yeah, she's just cheap. Yeah, yeah she's, she's not an alcoholic. Four dollars. No, I'm not paying that. Uh, we had a whole cooler with us and uh, she had a second beer, which means she was either enjoying yeah. our company enough to want to hang out longer or she was not enjoying it so much that she wanted to no. drink it away. It's always the medicating. Always the former. Yeah, Always because so. she would be looking for a way to get out if uh, yeah, she wasn't right. having so. a good time. And we went early, so it was before her bedtime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got her home <laughs> what, by 530? 530. Yeah, yeah. We, got her, <laughs> we got her home before the sun was on the left side of the sky. Uh, and I had a ruse where I was going to discuss all of this without mentioning Hillary, but I she'll get too mad at me. So Hillary uh, was there? Who? Hillary was there? I can't Egg? remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yes, Hillary joined us at Kirby Lane and at Salt Lake and was delightful. And Will and I uh, had the luxury of her giving us a tour of uh, Greater Austin, which included such places as, I believe, her dentist. Uh, I think where she was baptized. Uh, we got the we got the uh, we got the Hillary H. Bomb Livingston Butler personalized tour of Austin. And that was well, great. I don't think anybody has been more excited to um, be away from their family than Hillary was that that day when we, we yeah. saw her. I mean, she was just really amped uh, to be f- just footloose, you know. Yeah. And who could who could blame her after yeah. this all of this stuff? But uh, um, but the only energy that I saw similar to that was when when I was getting ready to leave for Albuquerque in the morning. Uh, I was going to pick up Bobby at that Hampton Inn, and Emily was following me around. Really, I mean, just in a great mood and being so helpful. You, you got everything, you, you know. Can you leave faster? <laughs> it's like she wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to like turn around and come back. To, oh, you know, you know, I forgot this, changed my mind or whatever. She wanted to make sure that I got out of there because, because, uh, yeah, you know, it's, we needed the break. Let's, yeah, we needed the break. But, but the, the fact that, that she got me out the door so fast, I forgot the snacks. I'm sorry, Bobby. Well, we'll get yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But okay, um, sorry, I'm really sorry. Well, it's okay. So I, I think we're I think that's going to come up in the Amazon uh, thing. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, this is going to be a long recap if we go hour by hour. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, now we're out. We're we're gone. We're on the road. We're going to spare you the long stretches of Utah. Um, uh, I I just I also want to thank Hillary for her hospitality. We got a, we, Will and I yeah. got to ride around in the Sienna, so we had an experience that you know many of us have only had virtually on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, now you know what it's really like. Yeah, and you know what? She doesn't tell you about it in the cinema shows, but there's an entire snack buffet in the back seats. <laughs> you have your choice what? of down the cracks, goldfish crackers, and Cheerios. You just have to pick them out from one another. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I ended up just... It blow the fuzz off, and it's fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was great. Uh, 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 Hillary is an expert driver, and we greatly enjoyed her navigating us through the city. Is that like a Rain Man thing, where Dustin Hoffman said, I'm an excellent driver? 
Well, he believed it. <laughs> right. So we set off. Uh, we uh, we got to Albuquerque. And so these are just some of the highlights. Uh, Mike, you'll remember when we checked into the hotel at Albuquerque, the difference between me and Mike on this road trip is that I eat dinner and Mike doesn't. Um, and so uh, I was looking for just some sort of uh, takeout. And as you may recall online, I got a significant amount of shit for not getting any hatch chilies. Uh, well, oh, yeah. while we were in Albuquerque, uh, I would like to note that we got in after 9 p.m. And apparently Albuquerque just shuts down at 9 oh, p.m. Yeah. Everything but the protesters. And um, I went to the front desk and there was this. Um, he was friendly, but I think he was uh, not enjoying his job because when I came downstairs, he was sitting at the table in the lobby watching TV and really wanted nothing to do with me. Um. And I asked him, where, where can I get dinner at this hour? And he, he just says, well, there, there's not a lot open, but there's this great place down the street. They've got steaks and great appetizers and uh, a pretty wide menu. And I, and I said, oh, this is one of your favorite places nearby. I mean, you work here, so you probably eat nearby a lot. And he said, oh, yes, yes, this is a great option. It's called Texas Roadhouse. Oh, <laughs> hidden gems. <laughs> Uh, and it was at that point that I looked around and saw that the Denny's across the street did takeout orders. And rather than fight with Grubhub and wait an hour or take Mike's keys and go to Texas Roadhouse for takeout, I I walked over to the Denny's to pick up a takeout order, which was surprisingly good. They had a good salad. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I also had chicken fingers. Let's not pretend I only ate a salad. But um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that was Albuquerque. That that's our that's our lasting memory of Albuquerque, at least for me. Uh, then we drove, Fascinating. yeah. And then we drove to Salt Lake city and Mike, <laughs> Mike, the drive to Salt Lake city is the day you were a sad sack. Yeah. I got really sad, you know, cause the reason for the trip, of course, you know, I, and I just started thinking and reminiscing and, and just getting sad, feeling sad for myself. It's never good to start thinking. Yeah. So, you know, Bobby had bought this cooler, which came in handy at the, at the Salt Lake. Um, and so now that's in the car, and there, there's beer in there. And uh, he, he just said, hey, you want a beer? And I think I drink a beer in like less than 10 seconds, which isn't kind of my yeah. style. I'm not sure what the open container laws are in uh, uh, Utah or Well, it or only mattered for about 10 seconds because right. when I threw it out the window, then it was you know it was more of a littering <gasps> thing. No. Just kidding. I'm he kidding. He did not. He did not. We would never. Though we did Don't see, joke about that. We did see plenty of road signs that had clearly taken their – their uh shots their, yeah their bird shots so uh yeah so mike was a sad sack and then uh yeah. the next day we drove from salt lake city to bend oregon and this is where the the highlight of the trip happened which is oh. uh mike's story to tell well i'll just i'll start it off I, I i'll just say if anyone ever wants to save themselves hundreds if not thousands of dollars in their lifetime or their kids lifetime get at me for my system of speeding i have a system of speeding that has allowed me to not get speeding tickets through my entire life uh and 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 believe me there have been times when i would have gone to jail forever if i'd been pulled over for speeding Mm. or you know you could just not speed i'm sorry I, that doesn't register. So did, did, did somebody cut out there for a yeah, second? Yeah, somebody, somebody dropped out. But it's just, you, you know, it's basically... follow basic... the laws like a good person with a moral compass and not speed. Just let me tease it. Okay, speed limit's 20. You can go 21. 30, 32. 40, 43. 
So it goes on like that, okay? And you will never be pulled over. What you do get pulled over for, though, is erratic driving, which, you know, you can control that. You're not an erratic person. Don't drive erratically. Follow the laws, of course. Where you get in trouble is when, you, when you're courteous, suspiciously courteous, because most people are oblivious. Um, Bobby, he, to his detriment, is a very courteous person. And that's what happened in Burns. Orton. How dare you, Bobby? Yeah, yeah. That's the lesson I learned: is that I should just not, uh, never be nice. Yeah, that, that's stop gets being us in trouble. pleasant. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we were pulling through the uh, small town of Burns, Oregon. Now, when you drive from Salt Lake City to uh, Bend, there there's no major highway that goes through central Oregon from east to west it's it's sort of a two-lane road sometimes it, life is a highway yeah i'm gonna ride uh, i was hoping it we could get through the show without that song you wanted we there's been a, a surprising lack of tom cochran despite the theme of these episodes lately <laughs> ah cochran angst day eh? um so uh, we're we're driving through Burns. Burns is a is a one stoplight town. There's nothing of note there, uh, and we're we're through town and we're just sort of leaving town. And the this uh, road is currently three lanes. We have two lanes, and the oncoming traffic has one lane. And there's sort of a gentle curve coming up to the left, and on the right. I see uh, a cop, very clearly a cop, not at all hiding, uh, facing us, uh, but off the road to the right on a little gravel patch, basically along the side of the road. And I figure, well, this is a this is a very thinly veiled speed trap. So not a problem. I am doing, uh, you know, (laughs) four miles over. It did look like the worst speed trap I've ever seen. Like, is this working on the people coming the other way? Because this is this is not a great spot. Exactly. Uh, I mean, if it's a prevention thing, like we don't want yeah, you speeding through the middle right. of nowhere in Oregon, that's great. Your car there. What's well, like on the Dukes of Hazard when you drive by and Roscoe P. Coltrane is like in the bushes and then he pulls the rope and the speed, uh, like 25 miles an hour, the sign pops up. Oh, and then the, you're busted. Like a trap, yeah. Yep. A, a, an actual trap. Yep. Yeah, so and you gotta get them Duke boys. Exactly, uh, we were clearly those Duke boys in this case, and of mm. course we're we're flying through in a in a Jetta with uh, uh, the TDI with the heavy the heavy Texas tint on the windows, mm. and the Texas plates, and uh, you know, so we're we're flying through, and you know we, we are not speeding. I am confident that we are not speeding as we approach this officer. So I, you know, we're coming up this road. And I think, well, I mean, I, I he's pretty close to the edge of the lane, and I don't want to blow right by him. So doing what you do when you see a police officer on the side of the road. If you're I, a courteous driver. Right. If I'm not a dick, I, uh, I with my blinker, legally, shift over Ugh, to the left the lane. The blinker. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, the blinker. Stop with the blinker. <laughs> the blinker. My, my Boston coming out. And I, I shift over to the left lane. And I think, okay, great. And we pass the cop and we're on our way and we're off into just hours of, of empty scenery. And then we see, I see very clearly behind me, the cop pull out, start following us. Okay, great. 
I have not figured out what we have done wrong in this scenario. So it's not uh, the day. It's not the sad day, is it? Was it the sad day? No, no. This is the day after the sad day. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, that we don't exactly have an open right. container in the right. Car. Exactly. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I had done my breakfast drinking, but not nearly enough to <laughs> right, 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 to right. blow anything. By this time, you were fine. We're like yeah, an exactly. hour outside. Yeah. Let's just take the edge off. It's a delicate. Well, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm a, a better nervous, driver if I'm exactly. Had I'm a nervous driver, so I need a couple to. <laughs> Sure. No, obviously, that is a joke. You know, I'm coffee, coffee until noon, Diet Coke until this, six, and whiskey okay. until sunset. Right. Um, I, I so we we go and we're going, we're going for a while, and then finally, uh, this cop throws its lights on, and it's a statey, it's a it's an Oregon state, whatever. Uh, and we and we pull over, and I realized at this point the reason he had waited to pull us over is because there is nowhere to pull over on this this mm-hmm. backwoods road until he threw his lights on as we were approaching a driveway that had sort of an expanded gravel, like a uh, ranch uh, driveway. Yeah, there, there's room to pull over parallel to the road here. So this guy has done this once or twice. He knows exactly where he can pull someone over, and there's room. So we pull over, uh, and. Uh, uh, they he pulls over behind us and he's taking his sweet fucking time coming up to the car just all day. It's a young kid, perfectly pleasant, actually, comes up to the passenger side window for safety reasons, I imagine. And we roll it down and, and we're ready to hand him our crap as he comes in and he asks us how we're doing. And then he asks us a million questions. And then he says, uh, you know, do, do you know why you pulled the over? No, we really don't. Uh, and he says, did you see the sign back there about keeping the center lane open for oncoming traffic? And I, I had seen this sign uh, back there that didn't make any sense about keeping, you know, staying to the to the side lanes. And I said, why? Well, I, I, I do understand vaguely what that means. I've never seen a sign like that before coming to Oregon. Uh, but I, I shifted over to the left lane because I saw your car and I did not want to, uh, buzz you. Basically. I didn't you know, I want to give you plenty of room. And he says back to us, yeah, I guess I'm pretty close to the, to the shoulder there. Uh, I've been trying to get the car further over and I'm like, okay, well, right. So this is why I went into the left lane. And it's not like I went into a lane that wasn't ours. This is a, this is two lanes on our side. You know, yeah. The, it's just a precautionary thing because people we'll try to pass and just they'll use the the other they'll use the center lane even when you can't see far enough to do so so yeah what they're saying makes sense right what they're saying is assholes coming around the corner from the other side might drift into the middle and so you should leave it open and kill you yeah and so they don't want that to happen and that's great (laughs) and so we do all this and the guy says well okay okay so you know he like i said he's very friendly and he explains that rule to us and then he hands us our or he does not hand us our step back he keeps my my driver's license and he says well i'm gonna let you off with a warning okay great and he says i gotta go back to my car for a minute and so he goes back to his car with my license so we can't leave and we're waiting and waiting and waiting and then we we think we're gonna get a written Warning. Right, you have some sort of some document because that's why he still has a license. So right. why else would he take it back there if he right. was gonna? So we're sitting here, and then minutes later, we see a black unmarked SUV come flying down and pull a U turn and get behind the cop. And we're thinking, okay, great, this is the most exciting thing to happen in Burns, Oregon today. <laughs> so they're calling in everyone to back up. Yeah, guy changed lanes. Yeah. 
So, so we see a, a different <laughs> officer in a different style uniform and also, uh, also a younger guy, but not quite as young. And I would no. say maybe about twice the size of the first cop, uh, Big guy. Ho- horizontally. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, sort of Texas boys is trouble. Yeah, exactly. He, and he's, he's lumbering up to the passenger side of the car and, uh, and he, he looks in the window and, and, uh, not a lot of foreplay with this guy. He just dives right into the reason he's walked up to the car, Mike. Um, he says uh good afternoon uh if you don't mind me asking um how'd you lose your legs oh my god (laughs) for context as the first cop had had been talking to us mike mike takes his legs off a lot when he's in the passenger seat and so his stumps are out and his legs are actually standing up between his legs as his, you know, prosthetics are standing up on their shoes. Uh, and so the cups of them are sitting. And so if you look down over from the passenger side, it's very obvious that Mike has prosthetic legs. So this this young cop had obviously gone back to the his car and, and called a buddy of his uh, who might enjoy a war story or might want to, you know, talk about... Uh, Talk about Iraq or Afghanistan or the Gulf War or wor- right. World War One when it's you know, a guy as old as me, you know, like Spanish. Uh, you know, <laughs> I go back. Let's just yeah. say that. So you know, this guy's looking for some nom flashbacks or something, uh, some, <laughs> right? some Desert Storm horror story. And uh, Mike, you had a very simple answer for him. Yeah, yeah. I just said, uh, yeah, diabetes. I got real. I got real fat. And uh, and I didn't do anything about it for too long, and and I lost my legs. <laughs> That's pretty much well, what I, I said, right? I think the wind out of his sails. <laughs> yeah. So so after it's not I, the story anybody. That's not the that's not the story anybody yeah. really wants. Th- this guy just drove across town for this. I know. <laughs> We've been waiting twenty five, thirty five minutes for this guy. Pretty sure this was just an over-militarized local cop because, uh, you know, he had the the unmarked SUV and all that, yeah. the, the black uniform and the tactical vest that barely fit him. And, you know, oh. so he pauses Lots of sunglasses and visors yeah. that you can bend around without breaking. Stuff he like pauses that. and then he just proceeds to ask us just dozens of questions about our trip, <laughs> where we're coming from, where we're going, who we know. Uh, We've got to make it worthwhile. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. He's f- not going to get a war story. Funny moment when we say we're driving to Bend, Oregon to meet a friend and he asks who and Mike. <sighs> well, unfortunately for me, um, if a, if a cop is going to pull you over and ask you for a story about some friend you're going to see, have that friend not be named Mike Smith because it sounds like the most made up thing in the world. <laughs> Who are you gonna see in bed? Oh, I have my buddy Mike Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. Dave a, Johnson or, wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Or... Nope. Yeah. So uh, eventually, this guy uh, says decides he's had enough with us, and he he <laughs> starts heading back to his car, and he says we're good to go. Yeah. And as he's walking away, we lean out the car, and I think it's Mike who just yells out, uh, "Hey, but we still need his license back." And he just goes, "Oh yeah, the first guy, he's coming back with that. That's still on him." And so this guy walks back to his car and then we wait several more minutes. And then the first cop finally comes back up to the window, hands Mike my license and just says, you're good to go. No paperwork, no No. record of the stop. No, nothing. Just here's your license back. Have a good day. We were just the entertainment. We were the afternoon show Mm -hmm. and they made us late. 
they made of... us late to they made us late to bend. Forty minutes we sat on the side of the fucking road outside of for bend, fucking Oregon. nothing because Bobby had to signal and be courteous. And I'm telling you, don't do it, people. Yeah. If you don't want to get pulled over, <laughs> no, because Deputy Dewey made an assumption. Yep. <laughs> So uh, this is the first instance I've seen of Mike specifically trying not to steal Valor. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would have made a play if they were trying to give us a ticket, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, well, and that's... well, my unit was in Kandahar. <laughs> <laughs> I would have tried to come up. I would have been Googling fur- furiously if they were, you know. Right. And this is the part that pissed me off the most is if they had written us a ticket, I could have been a dick. Like, I would have been mean yeah. about it. I would have been really pissed. But because they let us off of the warning, I had to be nice. And so we just sat there and took it. This this massive waste of time, uh, you know, all because this guy wanted to share share a war story with a buddy or have a war story get shared with a buddy. We got stuck there screwing around. Uh, on this, and it was hot. We had the car off, and so the windows down, and you know, it's yeah. fucking. It's the. It's not the fun part of Oregon. It's the shitty hot part of Oregon. But at least Bobby, we didn't have to worry about being murdered. Yes, uh, we we had an entire conversation between cops about how we were <laughs> glad that we were two white guys, and that was terrible. <laughs> we hated the fact that we were sitting there and realizing that if we had been anyone else. It would have been a get out of the car, get on your knees. And Mike would have said, go back and put a movie on because it's going to be a few minutes. I got to put my legs on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys you guys might want to go call your wives or something because this is going to take a minute. Yeah, I can't even imagine what the standoff would have looked like when it said, I can't get up and stand up and put my hands on the car. Just a second. Yeah. I mean, sincerely. I mean, that we had that. It was a very, uh, you know, most of the story is funny, but that little bit was actually quite sincere. We We recognized our privilege pretty quickly on that. Well, I got uh, pulled over when I was a kid um, for a crime that I didn't commit. And I was on the pavement and a knee was on my neck and a gun was at my head. And I wasn't scared. And I hadn't thought about that for a long time. Um, You know, because they figured out it wasn't me and I I knew they would because I didn't do it. But some people don't have that luxury, you know. Yep, yep. You knew it was a mistake and you were confident that it would get resolved. Mm-hmm. As long as I didn't like twitch or do something stupid, I mean, everything was going to be fine. Yeah. So from there, the trip was a lot of fun. Uh, we stopped in Bend, Oregon, which I fell in love with immediately. Bend is all it's, oh, it's young, great. talented, polymath, rich people in the woods. And so it's just like a giant <laughs> summer camp. When you say talented, it Bobby. terrible. Uh, Oh yeah. yeah, when I when I say talented, I mean physically attractive. Very, very talented people. Uh, the, the s- oh no, I couldn't live there. My self esteem is rough as it the, is. Uh, the- and I'll just get just get a uh, just get a roadside table, you know, and just watch watch the yep. scenery. The the scenery <laughs> in Bend, Oregon, Ooh. a second to none. I've never seen anything like it. And 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 you know, I'm not just ogling the women. And every guy has six to eight pack abs mm-hmm. and is just out for a run. In the middle of the day, mm. just just in shorts mm. and no shirt. Just and, uh, let me say this, and also when it gets over fifty eight degrees in Bend, shirts are coming off. The guy's shirts are coming off, and they should. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's like a what's the beard situation like though? Is it the long it scraggly no. brewery beards? Because no. I ain't into They're that. They're kempt. It's a rich town. Mm. It's a very rich okay. town. Yeah. So everything's like tight. 
it's uh yeah I, I yeah for I had the first thought you did and I thought oh my god I can't I don't fit in here and then I realized that there were a few people like me as in less than an eight and a half and they were fine they were not being bothered and some well, of them because were interacting we're with the nines and tens yeah exactly it's <laughs> it, it was it's just uh it's incredible it was we went to a brewery uh for dinner and they were enforcing the mask laws thoroughly and mm-hmm. there were just beautiful people everywhere and then i was worried as it was getting later because more and more of these youngs were showing up and (laughs) acting like they were going to be super spreaders and then at something magical happened at i think what was it 10 o'clock maybe it was 9 30 yeah they shut it down they closed yeah it was just like okay well uh dinner service is over and uh so that's it that's what we're here to do is have some drinks with dinner this is not a place where you young people are going to ruin it for the rest of us and everyone went home and it was incredible. Sounds gross. <laughs> uh, and then the next day we went and had uh, brisket at Big Countries, and I got to meet Big Country. And uh, I, I hate to say this because it validates Mike too much, but um, I, I just sat and listened to Mike and Big Country reminisce about prison stories uh, for a couple hours. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I've always assumed that Mike was sort of, somewhat full of shit i figured that every story was about as third as interesting as the way he tells it and um i'm i'm here to say that that's that's simply not true um big country not only validated some of mike's bullshit stories or at least i thought bullshit stories he actually had more details that made them even more interesting than mike remembers in his adult brain (laughs) some of them make me look better some way worse and in Smith even. Yeah, some of the stuff. Yeah, Ooh. Smith too. Uh Mike Smith who the got Seagram's it. Golden Wine Cooler. Oh God. Oh dear. Uh Mike Smith recounted a a night of driving home, uh, let's just say very late and they were very tired. And mm. from Bellingham emotional. From, from Western Washington University right. where we were visiting our friend Barb. And and uh Yes. That Barb. And and Mike was driving my car. He was driving the old two eighty Z and uh that was a mistake letting Mike drive because I'm looking out the window. Um, and then I I just hear the thump 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 thump. And it's like, oh, that's the road turtles. And I look over at Mike and he's asleep. He's asleep. <laughs> he's just driving over the road turtles. You know. And so I'm I like I reach over and I correct the steering and I, and I scream, Mike, Mike, and he, he wakes up and he's like, Oh shit, sorry about that. So no. the, the part of this story that Mike has told before is that part of the two of them trying to stay awake in the car. Yeah. But the part that Mike has never told us is what song they were singing very loudly together to stay awake. <sighs> yeah. We we put on some like, ugh, whatever, like talk radio. We put on music or whatever. It wouldn't work. We need to be more active. So the windows are down. It's freezing cold. And we start doing the, the seagull golden wine cool and we did that probably from smoky point uh all the way back uh, to the u district uh, just to keep ourselves awake and that is why and that might refresh my memory that is the only reason why i know that thing so pat so hard and can hit hit it yeah like i do Uh, so um question um why why sing that why that tune in particular oh because uh mike's kind of a douchebag i know he wouldn't 
mind me saying that. Or he was a, he was he was a pretty big douchebag. Future mayor of you Denver. were all douchebags yes. back then. Yes, but he was open about it. I mean, uh, there was no he he wasn't apologetic. He wasn't like trying to go behind the scenes and get girls and then later be a douchebag. I would bag. not have been friends with you, which would have been no. fine because I would have been far beneath you. No, no, no. Oh no, they're I, just you, different. No, no, you shouldn't yeah. have been friends with me. It, Nobody should have been. It's not a linear scale, and you would have been behind him in douchebaggery, but way ahead of him in useful and thoughtful human being. <laughs> like they're just, you, you're just, you're saying that he smells different than your color. Like they're just two different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Mike is a reformed douchebag, you know, yeah. kind of like me, but like, you know, he, I'm, I was jealous. He was out there with what a dick he was. Uh, the, so. the important part of this story is that the three of us are sitting in this bar surrounded by beautiful people who can't tell we're oh there. My God. And um, uh, Mike is telling this story. Mike Smith is telling this story. Mike won, let's call him for the sake of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike won, the new Mike to me, new to me Mike, is telling this story. And he says, do you remember what we were singing? And Mike Frizzell, Mike 2, lesser Mike, goes, uh, no, what were we singing? And Mike Smith, Mike 1, a.k.a. Uh, godly Mike, goes, Seagram's cool, like just busts into it. And I practically fall off my bar stool laughing because the fact that Mike Frizzell, Mike 2, maybe even Mike 3, I don't know, there might have been another Mike somewhere in the bar, uh, could not remember that. But that Mike Smith belted it. I lost my shit. I'm I'm too busy uh, misremembering things and making things up to remember actual details <laughs> and why I know things and why I don't know others. Uh, so, yes, uh, validation of, of Mike Frizzell's existence was very interesting for me as a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's spare everyone the Northgate nonsense, which was when we finally yeah. got to Seattle and uh, had a knockout knockdown drag out fight with the front desk agent, but let it be known that she called Emily in a, in a deep sleep and woke her up to confirm our eligibility to stay at that hotel. And Jesus, and I would fear for my life if I had called Emily and woke her up at that hour. It was, it was, I mean, it was the crack at 10 o'clock in the evening. Yep. Yeah. It was just the wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two in the morning, better seven at night. Okay. But yeah, she's in the middle of sleep at 10 PM. She's right in the middle of her sleep. So, you know, uh, it, Emily, if you hear this, you are welcome to come join me in Bonvoy Land. Uh, if if, uh, if you're so put off, <laughs> the by, weather's good over here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this Hilton Honors nonsense. I mean, I like a good Hilton property, but I, you know, I feel like training is better over on the Marriott side. Uh, so yeah, Mike went to his brother's service and saw his family, and I went to Will's on the Fourth of July, and we watched all of the other neighbors on the lake blow up hundreds of dollars of garbage in the sky for our benefit. Yeah, yeah, Bobby, but. But were there cremains, you know? <laughs> I mean, not, I think I was at the better part. Yeah, to, to my knowledge, there were no human remains being exploded. Blown in the sky. Yeah, I mean, at least that could have been like fish food. I tried to get lake. some of my brother in my drink. You know, they they blew him up there, and I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, you know? I wouldn't be shocked if someone on that like lost living flesh, setting all these sure. things off. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt that happens. <laughs> happens every year. Uh, but yeah, that was our trip. We we hung out. In Seattle. That's how you get man eating fish. So you lose a finger in the lake, and then they <laughs> and then develop they... a taste <laughs> for it. Wow. Yeah, it's a good point. I'll I'll come up with the title for that, Anne, and I think we can work work with that. Yeah, I can add this to our repertoire of publishing. This is good. 
This is an ebook waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the recount of our road trip. I I think uh, Mike, quite sincerely, I I greatly enjoyed our our few days together bonding, and um, we we had a lot of serious conversations. And we also had an extended conversation about how we would karate chop every state and half most effectively. So mm, South Dakota would be easy. No, no, you'd be surprised. High. Yep. Yeah. There's really there's a lot of methodology to this, but we're already 90 minutes into this show, so we cannot start yeah. talking about just, it now. Just flip Vermont on its side and get it over with. Yep. I mean, mm. Yeah. So uh, quick uh, chop. There's uh, we power ranked these and then bracketed them. Yeah. They're- whole tournament going on what we realized is when we spent 37 hours in the car together or something is that every tangent we've ever had that we have sort of hung up in our minds because there were more important things to talk about there were not more important things to talk about no and so we spelled we spun everything out to its to its furthest edge and uh yeah we just two two people who never shut up in a car together and we just didn't shut up we talked for 37 hours straight. I I thought I was going to need herbal tea at some point to rest my vocal cords. But other than that, it was amazing. <laughs> there would have been a point around hour 28 when I would have murdered you both and left your bodies on the roadside. Uh, yes. No no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> that little stretch of Colorado we went through would have been perfect for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just for some blessed quiet. <laughs> yeah, there was... There was none, none of that. And we did not, like, I think we listened to like half an episode of TBTL and like a couple minutes of a couple other podcasts, but we did, we didn't listen to the radio. We didn't listen to music. We just filled space. I think if, if Mike and I needed to work AM commercial radio, talk, talk radio, we could just go like somebody could just pull his string and get me a cup of coffee. And Oh, we, we all know that. Just yeah. if, pull my string a second time. If you need to go, you know, take a shit. Yeah. You'd be sweeping those quarter hours. Oh yeah. No, no, I don't think we'll be sweeping anything except the floors <laughs> in an empty studio. But we can fill it. We yeah, can keep the needle moving. Just imagine if that that ten minutes before we started the show today of wasps versus hummingbirds versus murder hornets had actually made it on the air. Yeah. No. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, when we come back. <laughs> That's awesome. Why old people like hummingbirds? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, do we want to go to Amazon or, or, and do you have any questions about our grand adventure? No, I, I, well, oh, what was the jerky situation? I mean, how many farts in a bag did you bring? None. I'm not a jerky guy. Zero. Wow. I'm not really a jerky guy either. I, I, um, and we really didn't even eat a lot of junk food either. I mean, I, like I said, I, I was doing takeout, so I was moderating the whole trip. So the first night I got my Denny's chicken fingers, but also a robust salad, the second night I took the car after we got to Salt Lake City and I went to In-N-Out and I got In-N-Out, but then I also went to an Albertsons or something and got an entire veggie. Oh, no, it was a Smith's, right? Because we were in Salt Lake City, so the grocery store is just named Smith's. Of course. Yeah. And I got a vegetable platter. Mike Smith's. Ate, ate a crudite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we were we were pretty careful um, and low-key about that. Yeah, the, the car did not smell after I was impressed with us. But what about Cheez-Its? There, uh, actually, I had a box of Cheez-Its that I brought with me from Austin, and it made it all the way through the trip without being eaten. And I finally I still have just it. Gave, yeah, gave it to Mike, and I said, take it for the drive back. We, we were so sated, so pleased, so happy the whole time, so comfortable. Uh, <laughs> and I will say, uh, power move by Mike, or I think it was Emily, there was a large oversized bottle of hand sanitizer with a pump in each car doors um 
panel, like in the mm-hmm. cup holder. That was so Emily. Every time we got in or out of the car, we just hit the hand sanitizer. It was great. So you were so like emotionally satisfied that you didn't need to stuff your feelings down with food. Right. Yeah. It was, oh, it was yeah. like, uh, it was like Nirvana and a Jetta. We weren't in a Jetta. Everyone says, "Ah, damn it!" Yeah, and I keep doing that. The TDI, excuse me, Nirvana and the TDI. I I used to have a Jetta. I used to drive a sorority girl car, but now now it's a Passat. So, Nirvana and a Passat. That sounds good. I'm just trying to figure out what we're going to name the show, so it's probably going to be that. That is a good show title. Uh, Do we want to do Amazon or do we want to hold Amazon? Because we are pretty deep here. Let's hold it, man. Uh, All I will say about Amazon is when we get to that list, probably next week. Uh, you will see that uh, you'll see the five pound bag of grapefruit gummies that Christy bought and raved about. Mm-hmm. I bought a five pound and Jeremy stole. Yes. Well, I was going to let him off the hook for that, but <laughs> you know, I think it's telling that big country let Jeremy sleep in his yard, but I actually got to come inside to have a meal. Oh, so let's just put that out there. Um, <laughs> Goodness. There's a big uh, fire pit out there. I'm sure Jeremy was fine. It was actually quite nice. And the little garden. He's got a nice garden in his yard. Uh, he's got a sweet setup, man. Yeah. Uh, I bought a five pound bag of gummy fruit salad, you know, to get all the food groups. And I also bought a, ba- a big old tub of Utz party mix, which is one of my more favorite uh, variety mix snacks. And um, uh, Emily uh, with glee rushed Mike out of the house so fast that he forgot them. I had shipped them ahead to Mike's house. I don't want to blame no. her entirely. I should have had a list. I mean, yes. she has a checklist for traveling. I should have had a list. I don't blame her for wanting to get rid of you, so I completely understand. Oh, uh, man. I mean, uh, try to act sad for five minutes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that was that was on the list. Uh, and so when you see that on the Amazon that... list, you know that was me. <laughs> it's that whole, how can I miss you if you won't go away thing. <laughs> uh, it was flattering. It was fun. I so, knew uh, it. I've I've known it for weeks, possibly months, that that I should get the fuck out of here for a while. So we will break down uh, the Amazon list next week, and this is good because this gives us a one week warning to say to the to the people who returned things, especially as expensive mm. things they bought and then returned, don't fuck with our heart like that. And if you know who mm. you are, maybe send us your justification for that because that's you know we what happens is we get the report and we see that we got thirty four cents from you. And then we see that we got negative 34 cents from you. And so, you know. I mean, it's just crushing. Right. I can't take the emotional roller coaster. It's really, it's, it's sad. It's, it's really they sad. might put us right back into a jam that we've just gotten out of. So, right. so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. And don't you think I wasn't reaching for the cash in my backpack when we were getting pulled over by townie cops in, in rural Oregon? <laughs> oh, my God. A real jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I was... I was already thinking that we might have to bribe our way out of that, but uh-huh. yeah, nope. Just wanted a story. Uh, let's do Tishi recommends. Uh, you know, and I apologize by the way. And we have dominated this episode with our with no, our. No, we knew bros. how that was yeah. going to be. All right. So, and I, I, I promise I was only kidding, of course, about you being here to moderate us, and you know, your opinion <laughs> not mattering, and you, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm with the cause of of equality and feminism. I just, you know. Mike's rubbed off on me a little bit, so I have to remember that. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, when I turned 40, I stopped caring. Yeah. Someday I'll know. Fuck all y'all men. The bra is off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never putting it back on. <laughs> You've done done it. Bra oh. is off. 
Uh, Tishi recommends, I have a shameless Amazon plug of the week. That's Tim Wu's book, The Master Switch, which I bought like a year or two ago, and it's been sitting on a shelf, and I finally dusted it off and started reading it uh, last weekend while we were camping. It's The Rise and Fall of Information Empires, and it, it talks about the sort of... Um, the freewheeling nature of various informatic systems and then how they get locked down over time, starting with how anyone could broadcast radio and then radio got consolidated and then TV and it gets consolidated. And now how we're in that age of the internet where kind of everyone can do whatever they want online. And it's, and we're slowly watching the walls close in on corporate control and throttling and censorship and how based on this historic cycle of new and free and open to everyone and then harder to access and harder to uh to use it is so normal that we should just expect that the internet's going to blow in 20 years mm. and so uh it's an interesting look at that cycle and how it repeats itself over and over in fact the telephone is the first one on it and how in the early days any guy with some wire could string up his neighborhood or the farms around him and have a telephone system and then how Ma Bell just destroyed that. So <laughs> you can't make money that way. Right. <laughs> and so, and uh, yeah, the, the profit motive versus the freedom of, of communication. Uh, it's certainly not a fiction uh, page turner, but uh, it's fascinating. And I'm really quite, I mean, it's it. not going in, in uh, Hillary's horny corner. No, no, but I don't that doesn't so. mean it's not worth reading. Right. And I get a little it tingle. Depends on what gets you off. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I also added a second shameless Amazon plug of the week. And that is the farthest Hat tip to steady listener Carolyn. It's available on Amazon Prime. So for $3, oh. you can go rent it. And I believe you can rent it through a referral link from us. So I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. All right. Housekeeping. Is there someone in there? May I enter? Goodness. So formal. Wow. This is housekeeping in the age of consent. I like it. Uh, <laughs> buy stuff from us. We have merch at thisshowhaseverything.com. You can click. Uh, click the shop button there and uh, and buy some stuff. Please, please do. I need to go look at that, by the way, because um, I need some new uh, new gear. Please rate and review us on whatever uh, site you use. My native podcast app for Apple is just it just blows these days. So, send me your recommendations for your your podcast apps. I love I love those. Always love those. Uh, Grab Gabber. <laughs> gonna have to launch one someday just to (laughs) just see what we can get away with all right uh add the amazon link to your uh, phone home screen so that we can uh widely ridicule your purchases which we didn't have a chance to get to today which i'm really sad about because i saw some stuff on there i was dying to talk about we're gonna get there we're gonna get there yeah uh, you can find us at the show has everything.com three or phone.com is your number one stop shop to email us all your grapes and grievances and thoughts and opinions and hopes and dreams. The Facebook group is this show has everything and it is always hopping, especially with the tangents that spin off the question of the week posts. The show Twitter is Tishi show. You can email us directly. If you like at Tishi at 10710.com, send us your voice memos to that address and we will feature them on the show. You can fax me, uh, whatever body part you want at 617 uh, Toes. Bobby wants toes. Oh, God. Oh, this man. Is, that's, this is a whole I could send you a couple creepy ones. Oh, Maybe Mike wants toes. I the don't thing know. Is that Mike I, has, I want 10. Mike has pictures of a lack of toes. Mike has pictures of toes perhaps after not being attached anymore. I don't want to see that. I have a picture of a stump that looks like a baseball. <laughs> I've seen that one. Anyway, pretty wild. Mike, you can fax it to me at 617-354-8513. Oh, done. 
and uh, even though we didn't get to Amazon, somehow that uh, legally yeah. was still everything.
really was quite a ride you took us on there. Imagine 37 hours of this in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And if you could have been there for the States, I think you would have participated. You would have taken your earplugs out and, uh, and, and we would have chopped up the States with you.